0: I'm Eddie Ramos and I'm Rona Gandhi and this is The Modern, the Modern Actor Podcast. Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Eddie Ramos. I'm the founder, creator, and host of The Modern Actor Podcast. And I'm Rona Gandhi, your co-host. Good to see you today, my friend, and hear your beautiful voice across from me. You are uh, recording this episode, guys, for the listeners out there. Uh, Row and I are in the same location filming today. <laughs> uh, he came down to Long Beach to visit his good friend, and we're going to do a little sightseeing. But that's neither here nor there. We don't want to talk about that. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your preparation. Uh, I wrote an article uh, last week about memorization tell me how you memorize tell the listeners
1: out there how you memorize so i you know this actually will tie into our guest today so one of my acting coaches graham shields Mm -hmm. um he posted this video of actor bill nye i don't know if i'm pronouncing his name right but he can be seen in the Cornetto trilogy and uh he was doing this interview and someone asked him the same question how do you learn your lines is there a trick is there a magic trick and he you know, kind of gave this semi-pretentious but very semi-matter-of-fact answer where he just kind of wakes up in the morning and goes line by line and reads each line 10 times, right? So he'll do the first line 10 times, then he'll add another chunk of lines and do that whole new chunk 10 times. Then he'll add another chunk and do that whole new chunk 10 times so that the first chunk you've now read 30 times, that second chunk you've now read a total of 20 times, and that third chunk you've read 10 times, and then you do the whole chunk again another 10 times, so now you've had at least 40 times for that beginning opening 30, the second 20, and then, you know, 20 again. So, uh, I like that just pure rote memorization. You can't, you can't sidestep or skip you. Some people have, uh, you know,
0: you'll just be in your apartment, just
1: running them like big bulk, big bulks. That's it. That's it. Depends nice. on how many lines at once you can do. Um, yeah. so it depends on is the writing flow. Do each, does each thought go and connect to each other? And as you're, right rereading over and over and over again your brain is just creating those images and thoughts and you know as things come to me i quickly write them down but i focus more on just memorizing yeah. Initially, and then I let the other images and the acting work come into play.
0: Yeah, you know. so just to jump on that, I, I do the exact same thing. There's no, uh, there's no replacement for repetition. You have yeah. to just keep repeating those lines. I take it outside. I walk around my neighborhood with the lines right. and uh, so I'll just be walking and getting in my body. Uh, I'll do the repetition. I'll usually put my hand on the other person's line or yep. excuse me I'll, on my line, say the other person's line and then if I get my line correctly, I can keep moving forward. If yes. I don't, I got to start back at the top of the page. Yeah. Really, it's just, it's rep- repetition um and getting it in your body and connecting to thoughts and images like you're saying exactly. uh yeah there's there's yeah there's no replacement for that kind of practice you just have yeah. to do it what's and, the most know, let me ask you one time what's the me- most amount of pages you have to memorize in like the shortest amount of time okay that's that's like that's a thing so i had
1: uh i got an audition for next day it was an ncis i think one of those procedurals and it was two scenes. I think each scene had two pages or like a page and a half. And mm-hmm. there were some chunks in there. So I would say four pages I had to do for the next day. Yeah. And luckily the writing flowed where I could just kind of connect the thoughts. But there's been times where I've had like a multi-cam audition, 16 pages and I have a day and a half. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I can't do it. I'm, I'm Throw the flag, this is not yeah. me. I'm not getting this role anymore. <laughs> Great. Oh, that's hilarious. Anywho, so um, our guest today is a dear friend of both of ours. Uh, uh-huh. Her name is Selena Kay. She's an acting coach for Foundational Scene Study at Graham Shield Studios, and she can also be seen on Stitcher's NCIS LA and Tyler Perry's Ruthless.
0: The lovely Selena Kay, how are you?
2: Hey guys, I'm good. How are you?
1: So good to see you. Finally, we, got, we made this happen. Right.
0: It's, it's been a long time. Selena, you're one of our, you're the, the second guest we've had on that was on the yeah. original podcast with yeah. me. <laughs> uh, would you believe that's already like three years ago, probably like oh, 2017? Okay. Yeah, or yeah, a long time ago. I'm sure so much has, has changed, so much has yeah. happened in all our lives. Yeah, right? Uh, But thank you so much for jumping on with us. Um, It's just great to see you. Uh, And one of the things after going through your bio again and getting like reacquainted with your whole story was that all three of us hail from the beautiful state of New York, which is having some nice day today. It's like 79 (laughs) in Queens. I just spoke to my mom. But you're from Buffalo. Buffalo. Right. Uh, tell us, tell us, you know, take us back to those those cold, wintry days in Buffalo and, and bring us up to speed of, you know, what was going on then. How did you get into acting and what eventually prompted you to move to the sunny, beautiful West Coast?
2: Rough buff. That's, <laughs> that's what I think of when I think of Buffalo. Buffalo is is a beautiful, beautiful city and it's towed. <laughs> it's really, really cold. Uh, I, I, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, how did I even survive? How did I grow up? I don't even know how my family is still there. And I just, and every winter they'll call me and they are like, oh, it's awesome. And I'm like, but you, you stay you every year guys. So, we, we ha- so ha- cool. we're, we're doing this again. We're doing this again. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's actually funny. I actually got into acting prior to getting into acting. I got into uh, radio. Um, so I went to college for like a year studying business. I knew it wasn't for me. It wasn't what I wanted to do, but I couldn't articulate exactly what it is that I wanted to do. And there was a contest, 93.7 WBOK, number one for hip hop and R&B.
1: Oh, <laughs> snap. They got it. They got it. A seven over here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they had um, a radio contest for the next top radio personality. So I was like, okay, well, you know, this might be interesting. Like, you know, I got a little personality. <laughs> <laughs> and um, long story short, I was in the finalists and, you know, they offered me a position. I was doing like the graveyard shift working in radio um, and that was exciting. And then I got recruited to um, this uh, local TV station that was looking for a VJ. So for a second, I thought I was like gonna be an entertainment host. Like, oh, I'm gonna be on E! News one day. And then I thought that was my C's. So I went back to school for broadcast journalism. Mm-hmm. And so one of the um, uh, requirements was like, there was like a, a list of like arts and humanities that we had to choose from. And so there was an acting class and I was like, okay, this feels like me, but I'm gonna try it out. I already have this path going on right now, but let me see what's up. I went to that class and it like changed my life. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, oh, this is what I meant to do. And I remember I went home and I told my family, I'm like, guys, so uh, I took
1: By the acting bar, yeah.
2: And I'm gonna go move to LA and pursue acting. Uh, so they were like, what? Uh, so they were not on board. I think they finally got on board like last like six years. I think it's that like grace period when you first moved to LA, everyone's like, oh yeah, okay, good job. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like you've been booking and everything and still they're like, nah, it's not yeah. real yet. Like
2: <laughs> it's like, no. Um, so I took acting classes in Buffalo shortly after that, and I was working on my craft for about a year and a half. And then I made the trek to uh LA. And my first year in LA, that was around the time that people could do casting workshops. Mm. And that was like the thing um here in LA. And it was the way you meet casting directors if you weren't repped or you do agent workshops if you didn't have an agent and, you know, everybody has their own journey. It was really, really beneficial for me because I didn't have any contacts and I didn't know anyone out here. I just knew the craft and and I was introduced to it and and I always trusted my instincts and tried to build from my instincts. And um, from casting workshops and from actor workshops, I was able to get representation. I got my first role on General Hospital. Shout out Mark Teschner, who I love to this day, um, gave me my first credit. And it was just like onward and upward from there.
0: Wow. I'm sure we want to kind of backpedal Ro and ask some questions. Just basically like, you know, you found these casting workshops and you're saying that you didn't have any connections out here in LA. Was that just a good old Google search?
2: Uh, that was a good old Google search. Yeah, um, right. I, I, I moved to Sherman Oaks and so I was living here um, in Sherman Oaks and I was looking up acting studios, casting studios, all of that. And just researching and researching and researching spending a ton of money a ton of money which anybody who's done casting workshops know know yes. what the game is yes. um but it was an investment mm. and i said my mm. first year you just gotta you know i because i knew i didn't have any contacts i knew i was going to start from the ground up and um i was like it is what it is i'm either going to spend this money on this pursuing this right now or like not you know what i mean and so it, it was worth every dollar when Not you were- all,
1: when you were going into these uh, casting workshops, did you know any of the uh, stigmas going in or this is maybe pay to play or did you know any of that or any history going forward?
2: I knew from the jump that nothing was guaranteed. The okay. only thing that was guaranteed was that, that they were gonna sit me and watch me work.
1: Uh-huh. And
2: anybody who went with like a, it, it, I, I just don't know how anybody can go into that situation expecting anything. We're literally just there to learn and perform in front of them because we are not repped and we aren't able to get into these doors any other way. So I never went into it um, expecting anything or thinking anything was gonna come from it. it. I always made sure though that I had solid material, yeah. something that you know showcased me. I love comedy. I love like you know, multi-cam and stuff like that. So I always made sure that I, I went in with something that I was strong with. And that I was going in for CDs for shows that girls look like me on the show, um, so you know those two elements I feel like made me uh, the trajectory of what I was looking for. Were I it's I a it's
1: started. a good plan of attack at least you know not knowing what you're doing and still going and like okay these are two things that a cast factor can grab onto and say yes she looks like us and this is some strong material.
0: Yeah. I have a question about material, Selena. Did these, for the listeners out there, how did you find and pick the material? Did the casting director give it to you before you walked in? Or was this a monologue that you were working back in Buffalo and brought over to LA? Like, how did that whole, how did that whole process work?
2: So I was never a huge monologue girl, okay. in general. Cause monologues are typically dramatic. Mm. And it's, my mom died, in- and <laughs> 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 like, well, That's not really fun for me to do, nor is it really fun to like watch. So I never I always went against the grain with that. Um, But typically the studio would have like a bunch of sides that you could choose from, or I would go online and like try to find sides from shows that I watch type it out and have that um, prepared. But I always knew I wanted to do something light. I wanted to do comedy because at the end of the day, you know, I could play you know, moving here, college student number three or, you know, nurse number one. Like I I knew what was at my wheelhouse. So I'm not going to go in there trying to do Merrill Street because it's like, yeah. oh, but your resume says nothing. So
0: that that's super curious. How do you like for the listeners out there and like, what tips do you have for figuring out what your type or what your brand is? Do you do like specific exercises or is it just like knowing who you are and knowing yourself right, and being hundred percent honest with what you think you're going to play? Like, what do you, what do you teach your clients and, and what do you use for yourself? Like how did you figure out your brand?
2: Yeah. Your first and foremost, you have to be cognizant of what you're watching and what interests you. Um, I don't watch sad stuff, so like (laughs) I don't really, you know, gravitate to the super dark, you know, I'm playing a meth head this week characters. That's not like in my inner soul that makes me happy. I want to like, you know, fall on a banana and like in front of the guy that I like and look up and he, you know, walks off. Like that's the kind of stuff that I watch. That's the kind of stuff that makes me feel good. So I've always made sure that You know, you have to be strong in everything you do and every tone you do, but I made sure I'm going to be a master in this because this is the type of work that I want to do.
0: Mm, I love that.
1: So uh, going off of that, you've been on NCIS, you've been on Ruthless, some of these um, heavier material. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah right. So, you know,
2: like <laughs> oh, hey, guys, why can't you just watch me laugh? Right. Right.
1: So you you know, you wanted to do comedy, but your resume, at least some of your recent credits are, are heavier. So we obviously know you can flex that muscle when you need to. Uh, what was that like three episodes then on ruthless Tyler Perry going down to Atlanta? What was that process like? And what was it like being on a juggernaut of industry, like Tyler Perry and being on one of his shows?
2: Well, one of the things, even audition wise and booking those roles, I, in NCIS, I played a pregnant woman held hostage. <laughs> and in Ruthless, I played a girl who is captured by a cult and begs for her life and gets acid thrown on her face. <laughs> <laughs> so, like The key thing with things like that is like given circumstances, mm-hmm. like they're outrageous. And they're so opposite from me from what I like to do in my work. Um, so the biggest thing is believing the given circumstances. So that's the state of mind that I had to stay in while, um, while I was auditioning, while I was prepping, while I was on set, is just staying in that and believing in what was happening. Because um, the minute you waver, the minute you feel like, ah, oh, this is ridiculous, or the minute you feel, I oh, probably look so stupid, you're out, uh-huh. you're out. And it shows up, if it shows up here, it shows up here. Um, so that was like one of the biggest things is like remaining in the given circumstances of what was happening. Wow.
1: Okay. So you had to be committed to everything you were doing. Yeah. So yeah. once and you got
2: time, yeah. like Tyler Perry was like, let's go, let's go. You up.
1: So yes. did you work with Tyler himself?
2: Yeah. He directed okay. the episode.
1: What was oh. that? Was like, That's pretty cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a master at what he does. He knows what he wants. He has the eye for it. If he finds what he likes, he keeps going. All right, that was good. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't. Um.
1: You weren't okay, but Tyler was okay with
2: it. So, <laughs> he's like, I got what I wanted. And I think us as actors were always like, okay, wait, um, can I, you know, I could do it, you know, this way. You know what? Um, yeah. um, I'm gonna have this thought. You want to actually
1: enough. get your Meryl Streep on now yeah, that you're there.
2: Right, <laughs> I'm like this is my time to shine. oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was a shine. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Um, yeah, he, he was you know lightning speed. And he did he knew- direct
1: all three episodes?
2: Yeah, oh yeah. wow,
1: okay, so did wow. anything change in his process? What was his process like? Did he have an arc for your character? Did you he guys talk even, about it?
2: He didn't even recognize me from the torture scenes to the grocery store scenes where I had the, the cult garbage. I came in to set, so we did the torture stuff first. Um, and that, Naturally,
0: they always do that, right? The first day, you're yeah. gonna get tortured. Yeah, <laughs> cry.
2: Yeah, hardest
0: scene first. Yeah, always.
2: So the, I get there and we do the torture scenes and all that, and then um, I flew back to LA, and then they flew me back out to do like the pre stuff, like the flashback of what happened and all that. And um, so I'm like, well, you know, I'm like a regular, I'm not like you know destitute. And I go and I'm like, hi, um, hi, Mr. Perry, it's nice to see you again. And he looks. Who are you?
1: <laughs> oh gosh.
2: I'm I'm Selena. I'm, I'm playing. He's like, ah, huh. hmm. You look different. And that was it.
1: That was it. That was the legendary Tyler Perry story. Well, what a compliment.
2: I know. A- I, at the moment, I was like, oh, did I did I gain did- weight? <laughs> <laughs> did something happen to my face? But I just, it was just such a stark difference. And- yeah scenes like he just did not like recognize me
1: did you have a lot of heavy makeup on when you're doing the cult scenes and you're already captured like were you studded out
2: Mm. um when we did the acid scene that was interesting um because they had to like put the the powdery stuff on Mm -hmm. like the effect stuff Mm -hmm. and they were like okay so we had to get the close-up shots a bit like burning and then they were like we're gonna get a wide shot and we're just gonna pour water all over you (laughs) And it's gonna be one take because you have curly hair, so very curly hair. One take, and I was like, okay, okay, and you just go with it.
1: Yeah. So when you worked down in Atlanta, did you have Atlanta reps to do this for you? Did you have your LA reps do it? How does the whole Atlanta
2: LA thing work out? So that particular audition, I had just got Atlanta reps, mm-hmm. um, but I no longer have now. I just have LA reps who who do the world for me, who are mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, But at the time I was like, oh, let me get an Atlanta rep because there was a lot of work out there and I'll do um, recurrings and up Um, because it just where I am in my career just doesn't make sense to go down for a one episode guest. Um, So, so I was like, recurrings and up, sure, you know, I'll, I'll uh, um, get the audition to you guys. And so it was the first audition I got from them. Wow. Yeah the first talk, talk about like hot out the gate and yeah. so you have
1: to work as a local hire down there that's why you want recurring so that's okay yeah. so you're paying for your flight back out there so it makes sense for you to be well, a recurring The
2: second and third episode
1: yeah they paid for the second second yeah. and third episode you no
2: know, you got a little bit of clout you
1: know. okay okay selena's like all right i'm this big hot shot over here yeah <laughs>
0: And and uh, did your parents finally, uh, were they like, all right, you, you're doing this for real, for real now? Like when you work with Tyler Perry, three episodes and, and you're in direct contact with a juggernaut like him, like, like all right, he's, she's yeah. for real.
2: I think they were like, finally like, okay, okay, yeah. I think going to stay in LA. And I think, I think also working as an acting coach and um, audition coach has like, have solidified it to them. Like, oh, oh, she it's got solid. a whole life out there. Okay. Yeah
1: yeah okay so so proving to your family that you can do this obviously we as actors we all have you know bouts where we're not booking we're not doing anything we're trying to keep our head in the game and obviously both he and i have been following your journey which is highly inspirational because you had a time where you weren't booking and you were going through a tough time how as an actor do you uh keep your head in the game keep hitting the pavement what do you do to get over that hump where you're not booking to breaking through and, you know, then you got NCIS, then you got Ruthless because you had a time where you weren't booking and then you just broke the wall. So what, what was that like?
2: So it's, it's twofold. Um, there's one, you have to be uh, honest with yourself where you are craft wise. Um, a lot of uh, the, the thing, it's like self-tape, especially now more than anything. I really had to change my state of mind when it came to self-tapes, what I was allowed to do in a self-tape, how much space I was able to use in a self-tape and really taking control back into that.
1: So what um, would your state of mind before and how'd you change?
2: So before I would think of it as a self-tape. Now, and since starting um, to book often, I think of it as an over the shoulder shot. Oh, this is my shot. I'm on set. All the things are happening. The world is here. It's just an over the shoulder shot. I have all this space, I'm gonna use all this space that I got and can nobody tell me I'm not going to.
1: So when we talk about over the shoulder, do you mean that obviously the camera's looking at you over the shoulder on the other person, right? So that means you're talking about there's a life happening behind you.
2: Behind me, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is all the life. I'm on set already. This is already the scene. It's not a self-tape, this is the scene. Right. There's beginning, middle and end. There's a right. the beginning before I even say my first line, the beginning.
1: So for those at home, that's the moment before.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. A okay. strong moment before.
1: So you that's what you did with your self-tapes beforehand. Okay. And and what was next? What else did you keep in mind during that low point and what changed?
2: So that craft wise did build up my confidence. Mm. So even if a role didn't go my way, could nobody take my work away from me mm-hmm. from what I did? Mm-hmm. And so that motivates me to keep going. Oh, my hair's too, Because now you you start to do the actor mind. Oh, my hair's too curly or, oh, I'm too short. But I killed everything else. I did everything that was in my control. So that was my state of mind. And also I did ask for feedback from my reps. If there are tapes that I know I am killing, I am crushing, but there's still a lull of no booking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask, close mouth, don't get fed. Now I don't ask about every single audition. Just one that I know I'm right for. Okay. I know I gave a killer read just to make sure, oh, casting said that they loved you. They just went with a different choice, but they're gonna bring you back in. Cool, Ooh. I did my job. That's what keeps me going. I did my job.
1: And so when you asked your reps, uh, did you get pushback from them? Did they say, yes, we'll do it? What was that response like?
2: And that's where tack comes into play. I, can't, I will not ask for feedback on every single audition. It's just aggressive. Right. It's Just aggressive. But if there's a role that's mid-20s African-American female playing a med student,
1: mm-hmm. you can't
2: tell me I can't be cast as that. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And You can't tell me my tape's not going to be fired. Right. So that, yeah, I'll ask for feedback. You know what I mean? Something that I know that was right for me and that I felt good about and I felt good about my work, that mm-hmm. I had really creative choices in my work. Because if my reps ask, they, they're not going to come back to me and be like, oh, don't ask me for feedback. Oh, well, you saw I had a fire tape. Right. So you should want to know too. Yeah. Right. And if there's something that we're hearing from multiple casting directors about my tape, that's something that we need to know so that I, as the actor, have to work on it. Yeah, But there's also this thing of like being scared of like your managers and agents. And I just have never liked that dynamic. And if I have to feel like I'm scared to email my agent or manager, that's not the right fit. That's not the right family for me. Right, right. You know, so...
1: And so, you know, when you're going through that lull, what craft wise were you working on? Were you in class? What were you doing in class? What were you doing differently to try to get better?
2: So I was doing film TV classes at Graham Shield Studio and I was doing scene study classes at Graham Shield Studio.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: using those different techniques, using those different frame of mind, where I was able to cultivate like my own audition technique and and understanding the technicalities of an actual self-tape, mm-hmm. eyeline specificity, but also in bringing in the environment through my eyes, bringing in the environment through my body that I would get from scene study. So I think the marrying of those two together just made my tapes feel like they were, they were watching a scene. Casting did not have to create anything in their mind. I fed everything to them.
0: I mean and the the uh, the the results are apparent obviously you were booking and did you hear from your t- from your reps like wow what a major difference in your self tapes did you did they vocalize that um did you ever get that feedback from them and they were like wow night and day
2: I started hearing like there was more replies to my tapes that were coming back cuz usually
0: uh-huh. you
2: send your tape off and it's crickets you just <laughs> the gods that your agent or manager got it and downloaded it and, and just Hope that they're alive that day and yeah. they did it. You know what I mean? But then I started getting the oh, wow, really nice job.
1: <laughs> I'm going to screenshot this.
2: Keep it yeah, up. Right. Uh-huh. Fire tape today. <laughs> Everybody can do a good tape. We're all good. You know what I mean? But what's going to make your tape exciting to casting? Right.
1: So now that you're on the other end of acting, meaning you're now a coach at Graham Shield Studios Foundational Scene Study, that's awesome. You're I mean, fully immersed in the craft.
0: I just what? want to say too, plug for Graham. We've
1: all worked yeah. with Graham. All, Graham is okay. a beast, we've all, all used Graham, plug. like, yeah. Let's the biggest plug to Selena, because she's the one who originally put all of us on. Yeah,
2: yeah, all right, that's right. I so, I was like, you gotta you got to work with this guy, Graham Shields, <laughs> Graham Shields, this guy. I mean, oh my gosh, the things that he's saying. I was shooketh.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the words of Shakespeare, she was shooketh. <laughs> shook it.
2: <laughs> who is this man yeah. so is he
1: now he's brought you on i mean you've been at graham studios for five plus years now working diligently i mean like you just said you were in a scene study class with deshaun uh his on camera commercial or not on camera commercial on camera film and tv class you're a student of the graham studios and so now you're an instructor what are you learning being on the other end coaching people yeah
2: With coaching people, I am. No matter what I do with working people, it really is to get them booked and give them a sense of building a stronger self tape. I teach foundational scene study so that they can um, be cognizant of their body and be cognizant of the world around them and their physical environment, how the physical environment affects their body and but I do all that so that at the end of the day they can still take the work that we do away and implement it in their self tapes I want everybody to be on a show I want everybody to book I want everybody to work so everything that I'm doing with them and we're all online right now when we're in the world of zoom I'm helping them explore this box Mm -hmm. and it's this box that you're going to book from So I feel like with my foundational scene study class, it is foundational scene study, but there's also, you know, little peeps of film TV in there too, because that one shot a book.
1: Mm -hmm. So what what in the foundational scene study do you work on? Is it theater, plays, or do you work on TV film stuff also?
2: Week one, everybody works on a monologue. I send out monologues to them. um, So I know the monologues, I'm familiar with them. So I'm able to work it with everybody individually, differently. And then week two, three, and four, they're working on scenes. And I'll pair them up with somebody in class, and I will suggest a play to them. Um, We primarily work on plays because there's more to do. There's longer text. I mean, we working on five, six, seven-page plays, you know what I mean? You know, it's extensive. But it's, it's a, a lot of material. So we're able to have a real journey behind the work that we're doing because it is scene study and because I want them to build this life behind this character and behind how these people are working together.
1: So where are you finding your TV and film or your theater stuff?
2: Um, so with plays, it's either plays that I'm familiar with, plays that I've seen. Um, it'll be like a, a compilation of plays like uh, Lovers and Other Strangers where it's like different, um, plays together, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for the right pairing so I can throw some David Mamet at them. But, um, you know, I, I, I have my suggestions and things that I've seen. Um, I'll call up Deshaun and be like, "Bruh, I need a suggestion for these two people. I'm trying to get, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know what I mean? Like what you got, you know, you got to use your community of instructors.
1: Yeah. And so right now everything is digital.
2: Yeah. Everything's online.
1: Okay, so everyone's working through Zoom like this through the boxes.
2: Yeah, yeah. And one of the things we're also working on is like a Michael Chekhov physical exercises. So I make everybody get up, get out of this chair, get out of this box, and I make them do um, a number of like physical exercises to open up their body and to just get loose with their body. Nice.
0: Yeah, I think that's the one of the keys that uh, we're gonna forget. We keep forgetting about this new box and coaching and things like that. Is that like we have to be able to get up off the chair and move around? That you know, your body is your instrument in this business in this game. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the things we lost about being in a physical space and being on a stage when you're acting or in a class. But I'm so glad to hear that you're doing that. I mean, that yeah. sounds like GSS. It sounds like Selena K. That like it makes a lot of sense. So that's uh, that's legit. That is super and- legit. Are you still taking classes too while you're teach?
2: I do private coachings. I will hit up Graham. To be like Graham. I was <laughs> like, can you know, I'm trying to get these reversals. Like, what's up? I'd <laughs> you know, be a fool not to, you know, yeah. you know, bounce. You, you can't always do it um, by yourself. And the things yeah. that I'm going out for um, are it, it's just really, really strong material um, right now. So I'm, I'm going to. Um, have my little community and build my community of people and go to them.
1: Okay. And, and talk about your reps a little bit. I know you've changed a lot. How did you get your current reps now? And how did that journey happen?
2: And I tell you, it, it, it happens differently for everyone, but I'm telling you, closed mouth, don't get fit.
1: And and I you know I I know your story, but for the for the people who are listening, give us you know because you go through went through some ups and downs. Obviously, you've gotten a good team. So how how did you come get to that?
2: So I was at a uh, a huge management company um, about two and a half three years ago, like top five. Mm -hmm. And I mean, wasn't getting the work, and I just didn't understand. I was with this big management company I still wasn't getting like you know the opportunities that I felt like I should have been getting seeing like my my colleagues and everything like that and um, and I got a referral from a friend from his manager who was boutique but I met with his manager he was like yo I'm gonna work for you I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna make it happen I'm gonna make it do what I do and I took a leap of faith and I signed with him and I have not looked back ever since and it just was a testament to you know, we as actors think that we have to be with these huge agencies because, you know, they're going to do, you know, the opportunity. And yeah, the huge agencies do have advantages, but at the end of the day, it's like, who's going to pick up the phone? Mm-hmm. Who is going to call casting? Who is going to email? Who is not going to mind asking for feedback? You know what I mean? That's, that's what I need. That's what I need cultivated. And then the agent that I have now um, who is, who is fantastic. So. And this is, uh, was the trend at the beginning of the pandemic as well. A number of agents that were at big agencies that had a lot of layoffs opened up their own boutique agencies. Mm. And this was a curve. This was a trend that was happening like April, May, June of last year. Mm. So I was doing my research, doing my research, because I had already been familiar with like agents at top agencies, you know, trying to get in with casting, you know, agent workshops with them. So I already had a list of names that I was familiar with. But then I would see like some of them was branching off into other agencies. Some of them were branching. Now they're managers and those contacts don't die, you know, just because they're not at, 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 you know, a three letter agency doesn't mean that they don't have relationships with, with casting. Mm -hmm. So I did, I did my thing that code emailing. Oh, I was referred to you by someone. Uh, Here's my stuff. And you know, I got a click and he looked at my stuff and he looked at my reel and I sent him a recent self-tape and he was like, let's, let's zoom me. Uh-huh. And the rest is history.
1: Nice.
0: I like that strategy of the self-tape. I haven't heard that one yet. That's oh,
2: absolutely that's smart. If you are submitting to an agent and manager and you don't have a laundry list of credits, submit a recent self-tape that you murdered so that they can see what you can do.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, you know, I want to take more of your time on this Friday afternoon. Before we go, tell us something you would wish you knew as an actress coming out here. What is something you want to impart to some of these new actors coming out?
2: Something I wish I knew as an actress, as a young actress coming out here, was giving time to my hobbies. Like, your hobbies and your interests make you interesting Mm. and so if all i am is an actress who plays characters but i have no actual life or interests on my own that's like when someone asks you about yourself what do you say like that's fun (laughs) then acting is your your world acting becomes your idol and you should never have that so i wish i would have cultivated my hobbies a lot earlier in life um and and one of them which I, I need to like sign up for lessons is I love fencing. I have been dying to take fencing lessons. And I took wow. one. I took one, but I and I and I have to go back, I have to sign up, but it's tough because of of COVID. They're just now slowly opening back things back up. But like I feel like fencing is so cool.
0: (laughs) 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 That is something I would have never guessed you were going to say. Fencing (laughs) is cool. And to what you're saying, I I just recently spoke to some of the kids back in my high school. And one of the questions the kid asked me was like, you know, do you still remember how to do some of the things that you have to do when you're on a film? And it made me start to think about what you're talking about building those skills. There's a special skills section on our resume and, and you can speak to see if say if that's still a thing but to my knowledge that's still a section yeah. and when we're going out for these auditions guys like they're gonna ask maybe the character plays the piano maybe the character plays is a dancer it behooves you to, to keep those skills going when you're young right. in high school because it just makes you that much more attractive to casting when they don't have to hire an expensive piano coach now I mean they'll do that but if you already have that in your skills uh I mean it just makes the casting decision that much easier right.
2: Yeah, it makes it so, and I wish I'd be able to have like my fencing gear and use that at the moment before for like one of my auditions, like why not? Why couldn't I be you know, a student coming home from fencing class? You know what I mean? Um, But that's that's the stuff that, you know, hobbies make you happy and hobbies keep the creativity and the wheels turning. And that's what you have to do. So I would definitely tell my younger self, girl, take them fencing classes now. You ain't going to have time later
0: go take your fencing classes selena you got to do it uh i just want to say before we wrap that uh it is such a delight to see you after all yeah. this time I, you yeah. know i i your energy is is palpable off the screen off these four corners like you were describing i mean just night and day really from seeing you 3 years ago to where you are now like so grounded so confident like I'm feeling that, and uh, so just kudos to whatever you're doing. I know you're doing so much, so I just want to say, like, I see it, I respect it, and thank you for jumping on with us.
2: Thank you, thank you so much. You guys are so awesome. This is just so cool. Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) so So go tell us where where can people find you uh, Instagram, and how can people you know even if they want to coach? Yeah, exactly. Coaching. Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. I would love to coach. um, My coach via Zoom. Um, I'll be getting my vaccine soon. Maybe we'll I'll be coaching people um, in person. The studio is going to be open up um, tentatively this summer. So we're really excited about that. Um, so you can reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, my IG is just my name, Selena k or you can email Graham Shield Studio and set up a coaching session with me. And I would love to, I'm always down for the craft and down to work. Nice.
0: Nice. Work with this girl. Seriously. The truth. Yeah. is so good to see you soon. Thank you, Selena. Appreciate you getting on this. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Thank you, guys. Take, Take care. Have a good
1: weekend.